Welcome to Family First, the wild world of marketing to parents. My name is Mark Giovino, CEO and founder at the Alliance Group. I'd like to welcome Matt Barlow to this episode of Family First. Matt has led marketing and managed brands, including Whirlpool, Slim Jim during his time at Conagra Foods, Bell Group, and is currently the director of marketing at Plum Organics, recently acquired by SunMade. Matt, thanks for joining me. Thank you. It's good to be here. Let's start with family first. Tell us about your family, how many kids, and and what are their ages? Yeah, it, it, this is always tough. It feels like you're writing a, a Christmas card a little bit, and you're boiling down your kids to a soundbite. But I've got four. So the oldest, Sam, he's 14. Uh, Ellen is 12. Kate is 10. And Josie is uh, is eight. This is the lucky part of the year that I can remember their ages without getting into too much trouble. But yeah, they're all very unique. Sam, right now, his big thing is He's trying to get into the top 1% on Spotify for Taylor Swift listeners. Um, so we're headed out to her concert this summer. Ellen is just big into soccer, sports of all kinds. She and I are big Dodgers fans, so we enjoy that. Kate, if you're putting together a trivia team, she's she's the one that you want on your team. She she can memorize any fact and pull it out at any moment, so she, she's wonderful. And then Josie, uh, Josie's got so much spunk and personality. She's doing dance right now, so we uh, we love participating in all their activities. But that's kind of what they've got going on right now. Isn't it amazing? I have three kids. Isn't it amazing how they're all so different, especially the way you just describe them, their own unique personalities? And yeah, yeah, and it seems like it, it seems like from year to year, it it changes. So you got they keep you on your toes for sure. Now, how has being a parent, especially watching them grow and evolve to being unique personalities, how has that changed your perspective as a marketer? Clearly, you have your own focus group at home, if you will, kind of a mini focus yeah. group. But how, how has being a parent and watching them grow changed things for you as a marketer? Yeah, I could say it certainly impacted my decision to join Plum Organics, for one. I mean, having gone through that as a parent, and, and I want to I want to caveat that with you know, I didn't birth these children. I didn't, you know, so I, I certainly have a perspective, but, you know, kudos to, to my wife and partner, Kristen, who did a lot of the heavy lifting. And so I'm not doing this certainly on my own, but just one example is I, you know, I work from home full time. And I remember there was one, I was on a call and one of my kids was, you know, you can see the stairs from my, from my office. And one of the kids was melting down and I'm trying to have a call and she's melting down and I'm like, all right, time out. I have to go deal with this. And, and so I say that because what it has done for me being a parent and a marketer uh, has, whether whether by choice or just out of necessity, has led me to prioritize. Uh, whether it's my family or, or work, and sometimes there's more family and less work, sometimes more work, less family, you have to prioritize. And as, as a marketer, you have to do the same thing. You can't, uh, you can't do everything. You, you, know, you start with a plan, a budget of, here's a laundry list of things I would like to get accomplished. Here's all the people that I would like to buy our product. And you've really got to focus. You've got to decide what are my trade-offs? What, who am I going to speak to? And what does that mean in terms of who I'm not going to speak to? So I think, I think it's helped me with prioritization. It's helped me understand trade-offs. I threw out budget. Maybe, maybe budgeting is part of it too. It's helped, it's helped with that piece of it. As a parent with four children, for sure. I'm sure that, yeah, uh, that's yeah. helped you. Right. Now, you mentioned a couple of minutes ago in some respects that, you know, having four children, I don't know if inspired is the right word, but helped with that decision to join Plum Organics. Can you talk more about that? Was it because you went through the process so much of having 
you know, the pouches and looking for the right organic foods for your children? Or what can you tell us about that with your own kids and what inspired you to take on this role currently with Plum? When you have kids, and I, and I don't want to say that only parents can understand this, but, uh, you know, with my kids, you understand how important it is, how important their growth and development is, and really how much emphasis we place on that. And so I, I felt like I could bring a unique perspective to the team, you know, having gone through that and having seen my kids grow up, they're certainly not grown, they're still in the house. And, but, you know, we've now moved a little bit past the baby food stage, but having lived through that and being able to empathize a little bit with, I'll say moms a lot, but parents and caregivers of all types, I can empathize with a little bit of, of what that struggle is like of, uh, you know, getting the, getting a text and saying, hey, can you pick up baby food on the way home and standing in front of a, a shelf at Target or Walmart and saying, I, I, I don't know what I'm supposed to be getting it just and being overwhelmed by it. Right. So so feeling like I could come to Plum and bring some of that insight and say, you know, here's a pain point that I know parents have as they're as they're shopping, as they're trying to understand what's best for their kids. Uh, I feel like I could bring a unique perspective there. For some listening that either are not parents or maybe have misperceptions, aren't familiar with Plum Organics, can you give a quick overview for, you know, the product mix and, and who you are as, as a company? Yeah. Yeah. So uh, Plum Organics started as a, a startup in, in Emeryville, California, and, and has uh, changed ownership a couple of times. And we've owned the brand, uh, the SunMade uh, organization has owned the brand for about 18 months. We offer fully organic line of products, and that, and that kind of starts from infants to toddlers. So we have we have pouches and purees for those babies who are just kind of moving into solid foods up through different types of, of snacks, all with the intent to give mom opportunities for babies to expand their palates. That's one thing that we hear quite a bit is, you know, we want to make sure that our children don't grow up only craving chicken nuggets. That's that's like the verbatim we hear over and over again. So we want to make sure we're offering those, whether it's purees or snacks, that have the right mix of sweet, sour, savory, different textures so that babies can learn and grow and, and expand those palates so that as they get older, they feel more and more comfortable with not just experiences as it relates to food, but experiences in general. Well, that insight is gold, I think, for most parents, being able to get away from serving chicken nuggets four or five nights of the week alone yes. is enough reason yes. to try Plum Organics. What are some of the unique challenges you found on marketing to new moms, especially with the understanding that life is just chaos for mothers or parents in, in general? What are some of the challenges you found in that marketing mix and how to help? Yeah, for sure. Well, and, and as we talked about new moms, one of the key challenges is every, you know, every month, we lose a big subset of those moms as, as their kids age out of baby food. So it's this constant leaky bucket where we're needing to remind new moms that we're here, uh, that this is what we provide, we're a, a brand for you. So it, just, just that piece of it, of, of constantly seeing turnover in a category. So that's a big part of it. And for us, it's making sure that they understand that we have offerings for them from when their baby is six months old to when their when their child is two years old. We have products all along that journey. So that's a big part of it. And they change. Their needs change from when they're first trying, you know, not to get too graphic, but, you know, their, their baby may be constipated. So they need a pouch of, of just prunes. So there's a need there up to the point where they're trying to tie their baby over till their next meal time so that we have 
we have some, what we call some teensy snacks or some things to just keep them from having too much of a tantrum until their, their next feeding. Um, so that's why their, their need states change as they go from their, their child being six months old to their child being 18 months or two years old. Uh, so constantly reinforcing that message. And we have partners that we work with to help reach them at each of those stages. So that's a really interesting, very narrow product set and time frame. Now I understand why you referenced that being the biggest challenge because they age in and age out in such a quick churn that yeah. that must be the one of the bigger challenges. You alluded to this too, not only moms, but but dads too. And with dads, maybe this generation more than any other, likely the two of us may be an example, but with dads <laughs> being more involved you know, at home, but also yeah. other caregivers beyond the immediate family, whether it's grandparents or aunts and uncles, how has that complexity changed things for you? Because I think years ago, it used to be a, a little bit more simple. It used to be easier. Just if you focus your marketing plan on marketing to moms, that was the extent of it. But now there's yeah. so many more folks involved in that caregiving. What yeah. what does that look like for you at, at Plum and how do you address it? Yeah, good question. We, we were looking at this, I think, just a, a few days ago, but I, I, I do want to be clear. I mean, we look at the data and it's still 65, 70% of the purchase decision makers are, are moms. And so we, we speak heavily to them. But one thing you'll see is we've had the brand, brand for about 18 months. So we're refreshing our creative from packaging to website to digital media. You know, you'll see going forward that, that we have are placing an emphasis on representation in our creative to make sure that those individuals are accounted for. So whether it's a parent who's male presenting or female presenting or gay couples or straight couples or or grandparents, we want to make sure that we are inclusive as a brand and that uh, that representation is is coming across. Um, another interesting point is, and this is, you know, I don't know if this impacts our marketing necessarily, but we see, and we've seen it, especially during the pandemic, as more baby boomers and Gen Xers, we see that tick up a little bit in terms of their buying, their buying power in the category, uh, which suggests that you've got more individuals living from home or have moved in with uh, grandparents or vice versa. Grandparents have moved in with them and, uh, you know, they're making some of the purchases as well. So I don't know that would impact necessarily our marketing, but it is something that we're being mindful of and trying to be aware of. Especially when you talk about the journey over the last 18 months, it sounds like it's the packaging, it's a website, it's a digital, it's, it's very much the diverse representation, as you just talked about for creative messaging. Have you yeah. turned on yet the go-to-market strategy? And what does that look like beyond some of the back of the house, so to speak? What does the front of the house start to look like, yeah. if that's a fair analogy? Yeah, for sure. And we will always be, I say always, that, that's my that's what my mindset right now, is that we'll always be a digital-first brand. Given the age of most of our parents, so it's it's millennial moms and starting to be some Gen Z parents as well. That's just how they consume media is, is digitally. And so mobile first, typically. So that's a big part of it for us. And we try to start with how is she consuming media? And given the craziness of her life, it's usually in these like in, in these snackable moments. So she has 15 minutes here. She has 10 minutes while she's feeding a baby. So given that, you'll see that that influence our, our media mix. So uh, social, for example, is going to be big for us and will continue to be big for us. We focus on earned and, and paid media. And then PR, I talked about earned, but PR continues to be a key point for us as well. And that will expand as we move forward, but always with that focus on how does mom consume media? And that's always going to be kind of our North Star. Are there any new channels or media 
maybe less so sponsorships given what you just articulated, but are there any new channels that you're paying attention to, especially with such a fragmented marketplace? It seems like there's always something new, shiny, cool within the marketing ecosystem, which may or may not mean we should be paying attention to it, but at the least you should be aware of it. Is there anything new that's really caught your eye that you're giving another look to or trying to learn more about? Yeah, for sure. There's a mix, right, of of new and just areas that we haven't played in up to this point. I talk about kind of the snackable media options for them. And one of the things that we struggle with, and I think all brands struggle with, is the constantly evolving and changing algorithms on on social channels. So who's seeing my content, right? And, And so we work on the meta platforms with Instagram and Facebook, and it becomes more, it always becomes difficult to make sure mom is seeing your content. So we're looking at opportunities on different social media channels that have opportunity for more virality potentially. So that whether that's TikTok or or new channels in the future, that's something we're always keeping our, our eye on. And then areas that we just maybe haven't played in the past that we'll, we're looking to play in potentially in the future. So that's connected TV or pre-roll or digital out of home. Those are some areas that we're also taking a look at as well as we look to kind of ramp up our media. Is it fair to assume that influencers are, are part of your strategy, mom influencers? or, or will Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. And, and I failed to mention that. So influencers, it's interesting because we know that our moms look to three key sources as sources that they trust. So it's friends, it's family, and, and it's pediatricians, those three. So for us, we see that influencers kind of fall under the friends bucket. There's a lot of individuals and moms who look at these influencers as individuals they trust, as, almost as they would friends. And they trust them as much or, or maybe not quite as much, but close to what they would trust a pediatrician. So that's certainly an area for us. We'll continue to focus. We're working with a registered dietitian. Uh, her name is Melina Malconi to kind of help with some of that. She, she helps lend that credibility of um, having someone who is uh, naturally a plum consumer, but also has that credibility to speak to. This is the, the right time to use pouches. This is when you want to introduce snacks to baby. Uh, that's important for us, that we have a clinical voice in, in what we're delivering to mom. So she helps kind of guide our influencer strategy as well. When we think about friends that you talk about, I mean, a, a good friend is always someone that's there to support. And yeah. and spending some time on your website, I think Plum does a nice job positioning as playing a role as a mental health support resource for parents. Can you yeah. talk more about that. And if not now, I'm assuming that there'll be a content strategy that may align with that type of approach to help. I mean, again, you and I have lived it as as parents. It's parenthood is a lot harder than you ever expected. And, and so what, any resource, but, but that I think when you start by helping first, as opposed to selling first, you know, those that can look, look to Plum Organics and say, wow, they've given me this content to support my journey. That was so helpful that just significantly increases any brand equity metrics or favorability. But tell us more about that journey and what you're doing as a resource support. Yeah, 100%. Glad you brought that up. That's something that we want to be the brand that mom looks to as this is a brand that supports my mental health journey. That's our kind of North Star. That's where we want to be. because And it is something I'm so passionate about. I talked about my wife, Kristen, a little bit. She's a therapist. Her focus is a little bit more on, on adolescents and teens as it relates to mental health, but especially during COVID, we, there's this big, really pandemic in terms of mental health. And it's one thing that we hear over and over that mom struggles with. We always talk about mom needing a village and not all moms have that village. We're working with, in terms of partnerships, one of our key partners is 2020 Mom, and they're, and they're focused on helping to reduce the stigma 
um, around mental health. And as we can reduce that stigma, that helps more and more moms reach out and get the mental health resources that, that she needs. So they're helping shape that strategy for us. Where one of the things that we're focused on is what's the right place for a brand like Plum to play as it relates to mental health. Because we talked about millennial moms and Gen Z moms, they want to make sure that what they're seeing from brands is authentic um, and that it's not just lip service. And so that's that's key for us. And you'll see more and more of that going forward with a focus on that piece of it, of making sure that mom, if she doesn't have a village, how can we help create for her that digital village that provide those resources for her if she's struggling where she can understand that there's others that are going through that as well. That's key for us is we hear more and more that they're looking for help in terms of navigating uh, their mental health journey. Nobody is going to fix mental health overnight. That's always going to be a struggle. So we want to help them navigate that, especially our younger moms, our Gen Z moms feel much more comfortable being open about mental health. So uh, we want to lean into that. We want to help them uh, talk about it, feel open about it, and then get the resources they need to navigate it. It's evident the way you describe and talk about not only mental health and being a resource, but everything to this point, I think, is either directly, indirectly grounded in insights and data. Can you tell us more about that and maybe advice you can offer other colleagues across the marketing ecosystem for the right way to approach the primary research, the data, gleaning the insights and how you apply those to your brand? Yeah, absolutely. I I mean, for us, you know, marketing is always talked about as a mixture of, of art and science. And more and more, we're, we're being, well, I'd say being asked to, and rightfully so, to be more on the science side, especially as we're spending more and more on marketing. We need to be able to justify that spend, whether it's justifying it on the back end or asking for it on the front end. You need to be able to show, uh, okay, what is this going to deliver for the business? So we we make sure before we're asking or, and, and certainly as we're spending, that we have the right KPIs and metrics in place. So on the digital side, we make sure we're looking at our, whether it's our click-through rates, our return on ad spend, cost per click or cost per thousand, all of these metrics that we put in place to make sure, especially if you have a digital plan, so that you can adjust those on the fly and optimize. There's no reason, given the way the media mix is now, that you're not optimizing month to month and improving your spend and doing A and B testing and all of that to make sure that what you're delivering becomes more and more efficient and more and more effective. So those things are going to be key for us. And then, of course, when we talk about things like mental health, to keep ourselves honest, we have our brand health tracker where we ask consumers, is Plum a brand that stands for mental health? And if we're not moving the needle on things like that, it's okay, let's let's revisit the strategy. Not because it's about us necessarily wanting to drive sales from something like that, but if we truly want to be mom's partner as it relates to mental health, if we're not moving the needle on that piece, then, then we're doing something wrong or we're not being as effective as we would like to be. So we need to go back and revisit what we're doing to be more fit, more effective, to better hit on the insight that we know is real. And how you talked about some of the metrics, especially with digital, how do you approach the right balance? Because it, it feels in some respects that very generally speaking, sometimes mm-hmm. a pendulum can swing too far one way or the other. Like sometimes it's going too far to the data and the science and you're losing the art and the essence of the creativity and the intuition around helping mom along her mental health journey. How do you think about that to make sure you you don't go too far to the science side and the data side? And it's such, I haven't come across 
how best to do it? Have you figured out like what's, what's <laughs> the right balance there? Yeah, for me, I find if I if my eyes are starting to glaze over for being in Excel spreadsheets all day, that's probably it's probably too much. And that but might be the best. Deliver- that might be the best approach, actually. <laughs> <laughs> for us, a big part of what we're trying to do is we want to be experts in the marketing on the marketing side as it relates to media and metrics, so that we can, in our discussions with our agencies, that we can ask the right questions. We become partners as opposed to just consumers of their recommendation. If that makes sense, not that we don't trust them. We, you know, we we hire agencies and we work with them because of their expertise. But we want to make sure that what we know our business, we know our consumer. We want to make sure we're adding value as well as we have those conversations. In terms of the right mix, I think it's helpful for me just because I enjoy both sides of it. My right brain will let me know when, hey, it's time to move over to left brain work and vice versa. It's in terms of, I wish I had advice on on how to do it better. But for me, that's it, it comes a little bit naturally in, in, in terms of both. I think you can get creative from both sides of it. And you mentioned the agency roster. I'm curious to know, because you're only, what, about 18 months, I think you said, or, or not even yeah. quite two years into the SunMade acquisition. How yeah. has that integration been? And are you fully integrated to this stage? And are you, is the roster of agencies the same or is Plum still working independently? What's that right mix been with SunMade? So Plum works fairly independently, but we, I mean, we do, there are resources that we share uh, internally. We do share some agency resources and some are unique to Plum. So for example, we work with Matt Well on the creative side. They're based out of Brooklyn. So they're just our Plum creative agency. Um, we have different agencies on the SunMate side. We work with Havas Media and Havas Formula on the PR side, and those are shared in between. And then we work with Unfold as our social media agency, and they're, they're shared between SunMate and Plum as well. So they're shared resources. There's just a few of us have, who are Plum-only employees at this point. We're pretty integrated. I like to think, I mean, I work out of my home office in Chicago. They keep me pretty integrated still, so I, I appreciate that. But there's road bumps. There's bumps along the way as we continue to ramp up for sure. But I've been very impressed with how we've gotten up to speed in that amount of time. When you talk about being a digital first, you know, or, or that's the approach and overarching strategy, can you talk for a minute about this renewed interest in the experience economy, whether it's coming out of the pandemic or otherwise it was going to be a natural evolution to this point? You know, families with young kids, speaking of mental health, I think that alone is is healthy. How, if at all, has that impacted to supplement and support your overarching strategy? Are there certain experiences or venues or spaces or places you found new moms like to go where you can be a part of that? journey or is that secondary or or not a, as much a part of the mix? I'm curious to know your thoughts on the experience economy and if there's a role for Plum to play there. There certainly is a role for Plum. We were at Expo West last week already. It was refreshing to see parents with strollers going around that trade show, which is traditionally for, I say professionals, but it seems like it's a much safer space for, for parents to bring their kids, not just to, to Expo West, but just in general to bring them to, to some of these environments. And we were chasing parents down and giving them uh, giving them samples to make sure that they were aware of our brand. For us, in terms of the experience economy, what we I talked a little bit about our, our, our earned agency, Havas Formula. We're working with them to make sure we're creating these experiences where mom can go and do things with, with their child and we can help support that. We're looking at, we talked about mental health, we're looking at ways that we can, uh, you know, and this is still preliminary at this point, but 
can we partner with some organizations like a cycle bar or something like that where moms can bring their child exercise and things like that are so important to mom's mental health. So how can we do some of those things that will support and promote both the mental health side and both mom's ability to get out and experience the world with their child? Let's end as we started with with your family, uh, especially yeah. with four kids, all with very different interests. What are some activities or experiences you and the family and do find that you're able to to enjoy together? Yeah, that's a good question. Sometimes people will ask me, you know, what do you do for fun? And it's hard because it's easy to think I'm losing myself a little bit because of my kids. And I really don't feel that way at all. Like, yes, my what I like to do has kind of taken a backseat a little bit, but we we have such a good time. The kids had a day off a few weeks back and I took them into the city and we uh, we like to, you know, walk around downtown Chicago. We took them to the to the Field Museum and to the Art Museum. I say they like that. They put up with it for probably 30 minutes and then they like that we got lunch. But we love, you know, dance parties in the kitchen. We love going to each other's and, and supporting each other's, whether it's a band concert or a soccer game. Um, I, I love that my kids are supportive of, of one another. So we we love that. We, um, you know, we all participate in our faith and at church and they like that or they at least tell me they do. And so that's we appreciate that. That's great. And I, I wonder if what I'm hearing is true in that sometimes it's not even necessarily the specific experiences that you're enjoying time together with family and whatever that moment is. Yeah. Yeah. And, and you know, it's not all roses for sure. There's struggle, but I think there's right. beauty in the struggle for real. And I, I think that's true for my family. It's true for, uh, you know, building a business, building a brand, but I firmly believe in that. Well, Matt, thank you so much for the conversation and for joining me. This was, uh, this was enlightening, very informative and fun. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you, Mark. And thank you for listening in to this episode of Family First, The Wild World of Marketing to Parents.